Happiness is an inside job. At Happy Healthy You, Connie Bowman helps us find our way with inspiring conversations and healthy ideas for living a whole life in mind, body, and spirit. Happy Healthy You. And now, here's Connie. Once there was a little bunny who wanted to run away. So he said to his mother, I'm running away. If you run away, said his mother, I will run after you, for you are my little bunny. If you run after me, said the little bunny, I will become a fish in the trout stream, and I will swim away from you. If you become a fish in a trout stream, said his mother, I will become a fisherman, and I will fish for you. If you become a fisherman, said the little bunny, I will become a rock on the mountain high above you. If you become a rock on the mountain high above me, said his mother, I will be a mountain climber, and I will climb right up to where you are. If you become a mountain climber, said the little bunny, I will be a crocus in a hidden garden. If you become a crocus in a hidden garden, said his mother, I will be a gardener, and I will find you. If you are a gardener and find me, said the little bunny, I will be a bird and fly away from you. If you become a bird and fly away from me, said his mother, I will be a tree that you come home to. If you become a tree, said the little bunny, I will be a little sailboat and I will sail away from you. If you become a sailboat and sail away from me, said his mother, I will become the wind and blow you where you want to go. If you become the wind and blow me, said the little bunny, I will join the circus and fly away on a flying trapeze. If you go flying on a flying trapeze, said his mother, I will be a tightrope walker and I will walk across the air to you. If you become a tightrope walker and walk across the air, said the bunny, I will become a little boy and run into a house. If you become a little boy and run into a house, said the mother bunny, I will become your mother and catch you in my arms and hug you. Shucks, said the little bunny, I might just as well stay where I am and be your little bunny. And so he did. Have a carrot, said the mother bunny. <laughs> Remember that story, runaway bunny? I just spent the weekend with my daughter, Caroline, and I remembered how little she was, just like yesterday. Now she's all married and grown up. It's crazy how fast it happens. And so this podcast is for you, all those of you moms and dads and grandmas <laughs> and anybody who's wistfully looking at the time passing by. We're going to talk about a little self-care and a little yoga. I've got my first podcast with four people. I'm not sure how it's going to go, but we're <laughs> intending for it to go well. The summer is almost over. I can't believe it, how fast it has gone. It's crazy, crazy. And I've had such a good summer, except for the last two weeks I've had a little bit of a cold. But I've enjoyed wearing my Blue Planet Eyewear. <laughs> I have to give a little shout-out to my sponsor, Blue Planet Eyewear. They're an eco-friendly company. They make awesome sunglasses and readers. And the best part is they give back. They give back to people who need vision care, who can't afford it, through great organizations like Sea International, Save the Children, and several others. So check out blueplaneteyewear.com and use the code CONNIE20 if you'd like a nice 20% discount for our special listeners. So now I want to bring in our guests. So we're going to talk about some great ways to settle into the fall with some grace and ease and maybe a little yoga 
and um, take good care of ourselves after this um, busy season of getting kids back to school, maybe kids back to college, maybe you're just mourning the end of summer like I am, right? So I'm going to bring in my first guest, Jessie Cates. She's the teacher of teachers. She was my teacher, YTT, yoga teacher. Uh, she has so many specialties, and she's a new owner of her own studio, Shift Yoga. So excited to have her here. Also with us is Heather Jefferson. Her uh, yoga brand, brand of granola, right, is she calls herself heart-opening yoga, and she's so full of love. She's just like a big ball of love. I love her. She did my daughter's wedding yoga on the morning of her wedding, and it was just beautiful. And then finally, Lisa Rado. She brings her own special gifts to her yoga teaching. She comes from a martial arts background, right, Lisa? Mm -hmm. And um, she teaches seniors, and she has a pretty good story of her own about overcoming some obstacles and using yoga to kind of regain some balance in her life, which all of us do. And um, I'd just like to start there. Welcome, ladies. I'm so glad to have you. Hello. Hey. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for asking us here. Yeah, yeah. So um, first of all, can you guys believe it's summer? Summer's over? What? No. Mm -mm. <sighs> it's crazy. Like you were just saying, Heather, you can't believe that. Yeah, I just live day to day and I looked at my calendar this week and September is this week. And What the heck? Yeah. 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 And this week is, this, this fall is really busy for me. So when I realized it was September, that meant that all that goodness is about to happen. Do you guys find, all you guys, I just want to ask this question because I find since we practice mindfulness, living in the present moment, it, it has its hazards. Like... You can't, you can't think about the future, like planning, like I had to plan this trip to go to a wedding in Charlottesville and I forgot to RSVP and I, you know, all this stuff. And then the past, you kind of forget, like, do you, is that just me? Oh, oh no. no. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> so mindfulness has its uh, hazards too. So Jesse, um, yeah. I wanted to start with you and I know you have a story about how yoga has, um, well, how how you kind of came back to yourself and yoga kind of saved your life, or I don't know, you you put it in your own words because yeah. it's kind of a cool story. So I don't know, can you can you just start there sure. and we'll, we'll talk sure. about you first. So I have a young daughter who's Addison, and she is eight, going into the third grade. So that back to school hustle is very strong right now in our household. And when I had her, I had, like most moms do, a really rough adjustment into parenthood. That whole, like, who am I now and trying to care for this little babe and I have no idea how to. So I started to freak out and I started to have these adverse reactions and my body was freaking out. And I remember one day asking my mom what to do. And she said to me, Jess, you just need to chill out and go do some yoga. And so that was a poignant little nugget of info because we've never spoken about yoga before ever. So for some reason that one stuck. And so I heeded that advice. She'd be happy to know and uh, went and started doing some yoga. And I did it for quite a while. It came naturally to me, just the physical side of things. And, you know, yoga promises that it makes you less reactive and it makes you calmer and more peaceful and more present, all of these things. And I kept waiting for them to happen in my own life to find them never... Take, coming into fruition for me in my day-to-day. -day. And I remember coming home one day and after a yoga class and I something in the house was amiss. Either the dishes weren't done or I stepped on a Lego or something ridiculous. And I freaked out. 
and I had just walked in the door from a yoga class and I was all flustered and, you know, having a normal reaction of being frustrated. And my husband was like, Jess, don't take this the wrong way, but I don't think yoga is working. (laughs) (laughs) And I had this moment where I like paused and like the fangs were about to come out and I was about to respond back in some, you know, rude reactive wife type way. And I had a moment of extreme clarity when I realized and accepted, you know what, you're right, it isn't. But it's supposed to, so why isn't it? So I started looking at what am I missing in the practice? What am I missing about yoga that will help it start to transform my own life in the way it promises? So then enter meditation, enter self-care, enter mindfulness. And it took me beyond the physical into the, the place where all of those rich gifts are embedded in the practice. So, yeah, everything changed after that. Yeah, it's so good to hear that because we come to your classes and a lot of people really don't get to know the real story. But most of us, just like psychologists, psychiatrists, right, become shrinks because they... Uh, usually have some issues, yeah. right? Uh, most of us become yoga teachers because we we have experienced the healing benefits or the um, psychological benefits, the yeah. spiritual benefits, all the benefits of yoga. And so I'll go to Heather and we'll just go right into it with you. I know you have a little story too, right? Or yeah. healing story, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's two, two healing stories. Um, so I'll try to make it two. brief. Two. It's a twofer. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I kind of think of my... Um, my my journey in this yoga um, lifestyle, because um, it's not like Jesse was saying, it's not just the physical, um, began in 2010, and then there was another shift in 2016. Um, so the f- first um, time I ever came to my mat, a friend of mine said, hey, you want to go to the gym and take yoga uh, with Stella? And I was running, running, running all the time. And so I thought, well, okay. And I went once, and I thought, well, that was fun, but I really wish that I had just been running because I'm a young mom and I only have like an hour break. And um, But I kept going back because my friend wanted me to go. And I, I realized on those days, I sort of thought of them as therapy days because I felt so good afterward. But it didn't connect with me. And after a while, I fell off and just went back to running. So in 2010, I had a really bad bout um, with anxiety. And um, that started um, with my older and only sister getting cancer for the second time, breast cancer for the second time. And I went out to take care of her and, um, you know, my oldest daughter was going off to college. And so it was a host of things that all came together. It was a lot. And um, so I thought maybe I need to get back to that thing that I was doing that used to make me feel better. And so I, I started practicing yoga. And it was just, you know, doing a little yoga in my house. And one thing led to another. And I was starting to practice every day. And um, four years later, I became a teacher. Mm. And so that was phase one. And yes, I became, you know, I overcame my anxiety. I felt more calm. But I became all about the physical. And I just did power yoga, power yoga, power yoga, because that's what I was trained in. And I wore myself down to nothing. And so two years ago, I um, was actually on short-term disability for eight months and couldn't teach and couldn't practice because I had, I had taken the practice to such an extreme level. And so I've, I healed through meditating and not being able to do yoga and, and using all the other facets of yoga aside from the asana 
to heal myself. And now my yoga practice is completely different. My teaching is completely different. And I have found the, the beautiful blend of yin and yang. I love a sweaty, hot power class and I love my yin. And so it has truly healed me, mind, body, and spirit. That's a beautiful story. I mean, don't you feel like it's all about getting to know yourself and your body and your mind and putting it all back together, putting those pieces back together, right? Yeah, yeah. And just and I think that that's what's so beautiful about yoga, that it's always changing. You know, when I first came to it, it was all vinyasa, and I healed a lot of my, um, you know, my past stuff. And then, and now I just, it, it's I, I don't feel like it's so much healing what happened in the past, but just having me be in a present state where I am just healed and I'm in a place now where I can offer that to other people. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think that you can be as um, present to the practice unless you've gone through those times where it's been really dark. Mm, for sure. Yeah. And you kind of have to wait a while. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think yeah. Uh, Sean Korn always says the best healers are the wounded healers. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Lots of compassion. So much. Yeah. Sometimes too much. <laughs> so, Lisa, let's go to you. You have a, you have a good story too, right? You ready? Well, I also ready? have, you know, a journey. I a guess that, you know, everyone starts somewhere and it, it weaves its way and Hopefully we find ourselves at some point. But um, I started practicing yoga um, with a background in karate. I, I'm, I did karate for years and, um, and myself as well. It was, it was a hard, not a hard style, but like, you know, power. I liked, I liked vinyasa because I could just go through all the postures. I knew them after, you know, I had already um, learned those and um but then i my dad was dying and that practice really brought me to a different place because um so my teacher training was ending i had dis- i my son was going into school and i was trying to decide what to do with my life you know this is my last child and um I met a yoga instructor who was teaching and I ended up taking her training. So anyway, um, our final project was to, um, to combine something in your life with something in yoga. So I used support because I never used support in my practice because I was just too, too strong for that. You know, I didn't need the support and I was very stubborn and when I decided to use that block in the triangle pose, that was my aha moment. And that was, so the, the yoga supported me through, you know, my dad's sickness and the death of my father. And then um, things physically changed for me. I was doing a lot of still vinyasa classes and then my hips started to give out. And um, I couldn't do anything except maybe yin. And I cried all the time in the classes Um, It was just very emotional for me. And then once I really couldn't do anything, I too adopted um, a meditation practice, which we had done in our teacher training, but I had gotten away from it because that was an assignment and this is life. And really it was the only thing, I I say it over and over again, the only thing that saved me was a meditation practice because it was all I could do for myself to just kind of soothe... um, really the inside 
and I knew I would get back, but I needed that in order not to kind of go crazy. And then that led me to just a gentler side of yoga for myself and my teaching, because I feel like um, it can be about the physical, but really it's for me and the way that I presented it's just really not so much the physical it's a it's an it's an inner practice Mm -hmm. so um that's what has led me to teaching gentle yoga and just even being gentler in my regular classes you i am so grateful for you because you um let me sub your classes while you were out getting some yeah with your hip Mm -hmm. and um really opened my eyes to how much we need to continue, how this practice we need to continue. It's not just a, something we do in our 30s or our 40s. we got to keep doing it, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I want to move into self-care so we can have something to offer in addition to yoga. We'll weave the yoga thread throughout this podcast. But um, have you guys by any chance seen the Netflix movie about the orca, the killer whales? <laughs> No. So I was watching it this weekend, my daughter Carolyn, she said, you got to see this, Mom. It's crazy. Like, we all go to SeaWorld, right? And we see yeah. these, and probably some of us have seen Free Willy. Remember that movie, mm-hmm. right? This uh, movie, the thing that struck me the most, because I was thinking about this podcast, this mother whale was being separated from her two-year-old baby. And these mothers are very, um, and the, the, the whale pods are very... Um, Connected. I mean, they're just, they, they feel and they love supposedly and they're sentient beings and they're, um, they're very intelligent. And this mother was being separated from her baby so this baby could go to SeaWorld. And when they shot that, now it's a documentary and it had a purpose. And my husband's like, remember, it's a documentary. But the, the camera was on this mother and the mother was wailing, crying, just being separated from this baby. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is so sad. And I thought of Runaway Bunny. And I thought, <laughs> so many things, so many things. So um, the, the, I, do you guys remember when your kids went to preschool or kindergarten? Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I followed, I I followed the bus. Did did you ever do that? I followed no. the bus to kindergarten because that's because they told us we could. I thought. Oh, we went. Our kids went to the same elementary school, that's right? right? Um, I remember when my son. I was worried about Bobby because he had serious separation anxiety, and uh, oh gosh! And so I followed the bus, and I was so, oh, just in tears. And then you know, I I have. Caroline um, went to Penn State and we dropped her off and my husband and I left her in her room and she's bawling as we're leaving and I st- I'm like trying to hold it together so that I'm not and as soon as I get in the car I lose it and, <laughs> and so it doesn't matter we love our kids just like that mommy bunny and hopefully we're modeling good mommy behavior but still when they go away to school, it doesn't matter how old they are or they leave to go to college, that empty nest. I mean, it's traumatic. It's a little bit traumatic. So let's talk about some of the things that you guys have learned over the years that maybe in addition to yoga that you can, um, you can share about self-care for these times that are transitional. It's a change of seasons, but it's also a big change of season for a lot of people, no matter how mm-hmm old you are well it's funny that that you're bringing that into the podcast mm-hmm. today because the theme in my classes this week um i was inspired by a mary oliver poem mm-hmm. and at the very end of it it says tell me what are you going to do with this one wild and precious life 
and, you know, inspiring my students to really connect with what sets their soul on fire. After visiting my friend at the beach in, in Rehoboth, their, their studio is called Soul Fire Collective. And the, the message on the wall is what sets your soul on fire. And I think especially as moms, being, you know, I think in this room, I can feel the energy that we all like love our children, you know, whether they're eight or they're 28. Um, and, and that we can pour ourselves into that. And then there's a transition, especially with the empty nest, like what else sets my soul on fire? This has set my soul on fire for 20 years. And, and we can still find that fire, even when we're in the midst of parenting a third grader. Um, and, and what is that for each of us? And it's going to look differently. And for me, it is teaching yoga. This is my second second wave you know I was a mom and now I'm a yoga teacher and I'm pouring all the love that I had for my children into my students and into this practice um but I think the most important thing for me in terms of um self-care is just finding that balance finding a space to connect with people because connection is really important to me but then also having that quiet time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think with summer, it's all the yang. And I have learned throughout you know, the last couple of years in my life how important, even in the yang season, the yin is. Yeah. I had a little too much yang, I think. Uh, that's why I had this cold for two, two weeks. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> time to bring in the yin, right? Mm-hmm. Jesse, um, that gives us a little segue. I want to talk about your self-care, but you are also going to be offering, if anybody is interested in making that transition into yoga teacher, you're going to be offering some um, teacher training, right, at your new studio. Yeah, two opportunities. Um and thanks for that, by the way, Connie. That's nice of you. Um, so I plug you where I can. Plug you where we can, baby. Um, that opportunity to become a full-on teacher trainer, you have to go through 200 hours of certification. Think of that like your bachelor's degree of yoga. And so I have one of those starting up at the end of September. Um, and then also yin, which is a really sweet, delicious practice that we all love very much. I'm doing a little 30-hour immersion in that, so you can either just kind of dive in and appreciate it, or if you're already a teacher, you can learn the art of yin, how to teach it, and um, inspire others. That's also end of September, too. That's all on the website, shiftyogastudio.com. We'll give all that at the end of the podcast, (laughs) too, but get it in while you can. I do also want to ask you about the benefits of yin. We we actually did a podcast about yin a couple years ago, I think. Mm -hmm. See how time flies? Um, The benefits of slowing down, right? Isn't, Isn't there something like the... The new yoga is gentle yoga or something. Gentle is the, the new advanced, yeah, right? Best. Talk about the benefits of yeah. slowing down. And Sure. So, you know, it's really quite simple. We spend, I think, a large portion of our life looking for how do we find that balance? How do we, how do we find both the times of action in our life and how do we find the times of, of stillness and rest? And all around us is the proof and the reminder and the tool. If we take our cues from nature every year for as long as times existed, she shows us what to do. She shows us how to ride the waves, how to be active and robust in the summer, and then how to slowly start to shift and shed our leaves in the fall, and then how to take deep rest and hibernate in the winter so that we can prepare our bodies, our minds, and our hearts for the dawning of a new season again in spring when all those fresh ideas butt up. 
So really, it just gives us a very simple pathway to explore self-care. We need to take action and we need to rest. We have to have both, which is the essence of balance is that both sides, if you think of a seesaw, that you've got the equal amounts on both sides so that it can rest balanced in the middle. Um, So it's really just whatever in your life is of abundance. If you rest too much and you're wondering, why do I feel the way I feel? Get up and move. If you move too much and you're wondering, why is my body breaking down? Why are things hurting? Rest, surrender a little bit more. And so it's, it's, if we just follow nature and we ride her seasons, we bundle up when she gets colder, you know, we, we move faster when she's warmer and, and we'll be able to continue to, I think, ride the waves of our life a little bit more gracefully. Mm, for, for sure. And again, I think it comes back to, for me anyways, it comes back to knowing yourself. Mm-hmm. Like we always say you find your true self in yoga. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, you know, what is that true self? It comes and goes for me, but yeah. um, I get glimpses. And when I get the glimpses, it connects me to my soul, my divinity, my, you know, yeah. God. I say God a lot in this podcast. God, God, God. Um, so, um, Lisa, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you uh, about teaching the seniors and how what you have learned from them. Like, I feel like working with the seniors. I'm I'm humbled mm-hmm. and so much. Like, I'll go in there and I'll be like, I have nothing. I have nothing because they're so wise and they are there. They have shown up mm-hmm. for the practice, and it it is very humbling to see them. They're not in their prime anymore. Mm-hmm. I should say we are not. I'm, like, I'm speaking for myself. So, I mean, we have people in their 80s and 90s. I had a 92-year-old woman. So talk, talk a little bit about that and um, uh, what you've learned. And, um, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like that's a whole different. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. Yeah. So I came to um, teach seniors a little unintentionally. Um, I wanted to be busy while my kids were in school. So um, that would mean preschool um, or seniors, right, who's around or um, moms who haven't started working yet. And I kind of exhausted that. I went from teaching um, my, my peers, but then they all went back to work. Then I got a new younger group of moms and then they started transitioning back to work and then I was like I want to teach during the day and someone said have you checked out this senior center it was a it was like a grandma of somebody at the pool and so I made a call and um and again, it wasn't intentional. I, I, it wasn't inten- intentionally that I kind of steered away from the younger kids because I was in a co-op preschool and I was pretty much a teacher for, you know, I've got three kids and they've stretched out seven and a half years. I mean, I, I didn't want to play games anymore. I just wanted to offer what I had learned and what I had embodied to another population. So um, what I... What I noticed was um, a little a surprising and um, refreshing. Seniors are well, they're very visual, and they they intently watch and listen and kind of hold on to your every word. Um, and it was it was a great way to be introduced to it because they just they they were really ready for something. They didn't know what they were ready for. But um, 
but they they so enjoyed this this practice that they had never been in their lives before, really. And if it had been in their lives, it was more of a physical. So I started going more towards, you know, the mindfulness um, because physically they just, well, they're, they're able to do a lot of poses. But so my, my favorite story is I was teaching, I started with gentle and then I adopted a chair class because I tried to do chair and gentle together. That was very difficult. Um, you know, because there were a couple people that needed a chair. So, so this one student um, never closed her eyes, which is fine, like in the centering or actually in Shavasana, I do a little massage and um, she would be staring at me. So, you know, it was like there was something to, to look at, you know, there was something that, that she wanted to look at, but there was nothing to see. And um, so like she'd always be, like I said, just staring at me and... I couldn't tell whether she was really enjoying it or she wasn't sure about what she was supposed to do or get. And she is now my longest chair student. She has been lobbying for a second class. And um, it has just, and during this time, her husband used to come. He has since died. Um, I didn't know he was sick. But I think it has brought her or allowed her tools to navigate through um, her life. And um, and the and the the trials and tribulations that she's that she's had to go through, and so um, I just have I have so many stories about these these people who say she went one other woman went to her her cardio not cardiologist but pulmonologist, and she had not even taken yoga for me from me for a long for very long, and she said uh, my my capacity, my lung capacity has increased. I mean, we're not doing like any special pranayama. It was just learning to recognize the breath, to slow down the breath. Um, and I read, I heard somewhere that it's not, um, it was like a quote. If someone comes up to you and says, that was a great class, that's wonderful. But really when someone says, you've changed my life, that's when you know that what you're doing makes a difference. And that's why I continue to to do this because I feel like I'm making the difference in many yes. other people's lives. And you do give great neck massages. I've, I've taken your class. Um, <laughs> I wanted to also add to that that I feel like for the older population, the community is also very, very valuable. They love to sit around and talk and um, chat about, you know, but... I find that with all age groups. Mm, Today okay. I, I got to the studio and um, there had been a class before me, before mine, and it, it had been over for a half hour and the women were still talking, mm. holding their mats, connecting. Um, you know, it's a beautiful community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you foster that very well. You well, know. it wasn't even my class. Yeah. Oh. It was the class before mine. Oh. It was Kelly's class. But it was yeah. because of you, I'm sure. <laughs> well, I think it's because of the studio. Yeah. Um, and, and just yeah. yoga. Yeah. I mean, I think it, you know, I, the other day I was talking in class, I've begun doing MFIT, which is like a mindful CrossFit at, at Yoga Love. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I said to my yoga class that I really like the sense of community that it fosters because when we're on our mats, you know, we're, it's an individual um, pursuit. You know, we're not talking, we're on our mats, we're moving through our bodies, but the, ener- the collective energy is so beautiful whereas in MFIT you know we're high-fiving and we're saying you know go Connie you can do it Mm. 
And my the owner of my studio said to me later, she said, I feel like we're high-fiving, you know, through our hearts in mm. yoga. And it is. It's like that. It's just that beautiful connection that we have, even though we're not, you know, physically connecting to each other, we're we're experiencing it together and our energy is shifting together and it's felt and that's why we want to come and practice mm-hmm. as a group yeah um, whether we're talking to each other or not yeah that's really a good point um i read somewhere somebody reminded me i don't know what who it was <laughs> um we should be rivers and not reservoirs and i think that comes back to the self-care mm-hmm. you know we can't store up um all this goodness we can't as much as we want the summer to last and the all the yang energy to last we can't hold on to it we have to um we have to keep flowing and i think river uh, river i think yoga <laughs> yoga i went to to germany and they call it yoga um yoga is so good for keeping that fluidity and reminding us to keep flowing with life and through these transitions and you guys have all mentioned different transitions that yoga has kind of uh, helped you through. And I, I, I think I, you guys have heard me talk about this podcast. Uh, one of the reasons I wrote my book was because I wanted to share how much yoga and other things help me um, deal with the grieving process. I mean, grief is very, very hard as we all know. And, mm-hmm. um, but then on the other side, there's this deeper joy that we can, we can really get to once we are able to sit with it. And I think the stillness and the meditation and the, um, the practices of yoga really helped me navigate those challenging waters. So go, Jesse. <laughs> Say something profound. <laughs> okay, let me pull out. Um, well, you know, if we think of... Um, the essence of self-care there is a challenge for all of us because there is a feeling of um, selfishness that can come along with that and you know when I'm we so glad you brought that up when we are mm-hmm. at our our best everyone around us benefits from when we give our best self to each moment be it you know our, our class of seniors be it our you know, our spouses, our friends, be it the cashier at the grocery store. I mean, everyone benefits when self-care is a part of our our life mantra, a part of our routine. And it doesn't have to be a full-on yoga practice. And it doesn't have to be, you know, hours of meditation with incense and beads and all of that stuff. That there are moments for us in every day, really. And if you, you know see it throughout every day there's multiple opportunities for us to weave in the essence of self-care whether it's to put the phone down and stop scrolling even if it's hard set a timer for five minutes so that you at least put it down and you're conscious i am making a conscious choice to put this down like that rewires neural pathways in the brain and the brain realizes i don't have to scroll all the time maybe you arrive somewhere a couple minutes early you know, three minutes early before you're meant to be at work or maybe to your yoga class or whatever it is. Like sit in the car and just breathe consciously and make an effort to connect and to feel that breath. Or before you go to bed at night, like take a moment to pause and reflect on three things that really filled your day and filled your heart. And those little things, that's the essence of self-care. It doesn't have to be a full-on 
yoga practice and a deep meditation experience, just making a conscious choice to show up and be present with our own self. That fuels and fills our tank up so that we can then give of our best to each other and one another and, and to the people in our lives. Mm, yeah. yeah, good. Good ideas. Anybody else have any other self-care ideas that are just wanting to spill out of your... Well, I thought of something. It's not a practice that I um, currently am um, practicing, but when I was training which was quite a while ago, um, we had to journal. And I know that journaling is a very beneficial practice. I'm not doing it right now, but I've been reading a lot of about it, like people journaling, just putting, jotting down some um, things that just you're feeling because we forget. And then it gives you an opportunity to, um, you know, without having a conversation it's not like you need the feedback. You're just really putting your feelings um, down on paper and you may choose or may not choose to go back and look at it, but I think it's a very therapeutic um, way to take care of yourself just to um, to journal. That's a great that's a great idea. You want to say something, Heather? Yeah, and one of my Moving favorite the mic around. <laughs> one of my favorite um, daily practices and I, you know, it's I like to get facials and massages and I get mm, um, acupuncture once a month just to keep myself balanced and, and well. Um, but something that I do every single day um, that takes, sometimes I let it, I let it expand to 30 minutes because I just love to write, but it's writing in a gratitude journal. Um, I like to do it in the morning just because it sets the intention for my day. A lot of people like to do it at the end of the day where they can reflect back on, you know, mm-hmm. what beautiful things happen. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's, um, you know, what is self-care? You know, we can look at it as as taking care of ourselves physically, like taking care of our skin or taking care of our bodies by putting nutrients in. Um, but I think we can be drinking clean water and not eating meat and still having like just all these really negative thoughts that permeate our body and can really make us ill. And so I think gratitude is one of the most simple and yet profound ways to come back to self-love. And to, because a lot of the things that I will write about, you know, it's, it's exterior things, but it's also things about myself. And, um, and they don't have to be big things. And they're not usually big things. There are very, very, very little things that then become very meaningful by focusing on it. Mm. And if we can do that every day throughout the seasons, just every day, starting with gratitude, um, life is beautiful. It's really true, and you do retrain yourself. It's like a spiritual practice. That's good. And I journal. I like being an artist, an actor, um, sort of a little writer now. I have this children's book coming out. Um, so uh, I've been doing the artist way. It's three pages of longhand journaling. And it really connects you to your own, I mean, it's all, it's all the same stuff, right? It's all, it connects you to your own intuition, your creativity, your heart, your, it's all the same. It's all the same. It's all like God, God got, (laughs) Um, 
<laughs> I, Lisa, well, you guys have both, Lisa and Jesse have both taken classes with Ashley Latecki, right? You over at Sky teacher. House. She was your teacher. I love Ashley. She's one of my mm-hmm. first yoga teachers. And um, she always says, I don't know how you can practice yoga if you don't believe in God, which you certainly can. But it definitely brings you into contact with your your divinity, higher your higher self, your whatever you call it, the universe, the, universe. the Om. You know, when we chant Om, we're chanting the universe, the mm-hmm. sound of love, of God, of whatever you want to call it. So it's all good. It's all good. I want to leave everybody with some inspiration. If you've never taken yoga, uh, especially if you live in the uh, Maryland, Virginia, D.C., or Baltimore, Washington area, and you want to try some really good yoga teachers, we've got a few here. Um, if you've never taken a yoga class and you're, you're thinking, mm, I had somebody say to me one time, it was just recently, I can't take yoga. I'm not flexible enough. Oh, <laughs> How many times have you guys heard right. that? Yeah. That is, yeah. That's like the main. The the Even main my husband laughed space. about that. He's, he's like, really? They said that? <laughs> it's the most common refrain. And actually, I just yeah. wrote a post um, yesterday about that because I, I worked at a wellness fair at the Pearl over the weekend, and I was offering Reiki services. And people saw that I was a yoga teacher. And almost every single one of them, and, and they were all adult women, you know, we should be transformed now. We should be loving ourselves at this age. Right. Not so much. Oh, I'm bad at yoga. I can't do yoga. I mean, this language that was, and 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 I and I was just curious. Why are you? How are you bad at yoga? Why can't you do yoga? How can you be bad at yoga? But it's just this misconception because of the way it's portrayed in journals, right. you know, images, right? And 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 like Lisa was saying, you know, shifting the the way my practice is to gentler, like we don't have to do pretzel poses to do yoga and we don't have to be flexible. That's how we become flexible by doing yoga. Um, But that it's for everyone. You're talking 92 year old people, Mm -hmm. you know, babies Mm -hmm. do it. You say to a one-year-old, do down dog. They'll go in and do a down dog. And a 92, it's it's a lifelong practice, and it doesn't have to look the same at every stage of our right. life. Right. I know Jesse has something, because you're all about shifting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, the, you know, the main essence, I think, of, of what the practice helps to give us, regardless of our flexibility level and our expertise and where we are in our journey, is it's a profound shift out of our heads and into our hearts a way to embrace the flow of what comes in and what comes out you know we spend our whole entire life resisting like oh summer's over oh god here comes fall and like oh my goodness and Mm -hmm. all of these these ways that we resist life and you know when we can just kind of start to like you said like that river just get in and go with the flow and that I think is the greatest gift that yoga and meditation have given to me is the ability to stop fighting against it and Mm -hmm. to to go with it and to because you're able to find abundance and beauty in it rather than you know complaining and resisting so you know that's definitely a the great gift of it, I think. Totally, sure. totally. And even even though this past couple of weeks when I had a cold, I was like, I'm just going to go to the beach and lay on the sand and not do anything. I canceled my classes. That's I like, self-care. <gasps> yeah, yeah, totally self-care. I mean, you, you, have to. you have to. You only have this one life unless there is reincarnation, whatever. We don't really know. <laughs> but we'll find out, right? <laughs> Any other thoughts, Lisa, as we wrap well, up? Well, I do... Um, 
So recently, one of my chair students, who is able-bodied, but I guess she doesn't want to get down on the mat, for some reason, we were having just a little chit-chat before class started, and she blurted out, this isn't really yoga. Well, this isn't really yoga. And I was so taken aback by that comment that I, um, well, I actually didn't really know what to say, except that, yes, it is. And I just think that... um, It doesn't always have to look the same way. If you're breathing and you're paying attention to your breath, that's yoga. So mindfulness is yoga. So um, it's, again, doesn't have to look any particular way. And it's accessible to everybody um, for self-care. To um, talk about my job as an instructor is to give my students the tools to take what I what I'm offering out into life and that could mean waiting in the line at a grocery store where the checker is really slow you're in that line and instead of shuffling from line to line because you're you got to go you just stand there and maybe turn your attention inward just gaze down and take a couple breaths and before you know it you're going to be in line instead of the agitation that happens when we um, are just so busy and just can't slow down. So I just feel like, um, yeah, it's accessible to everyone um, to help care for themselves in any way. And that kind of takes me back to day one of my yoga teacher training with Jesse, where we learn that yoga means union. So again, union, union with ourselves, union with our spirit, our body, our breath, our God, 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 God. Any final thoughts? Ladies, this is so fun sitting around talking about yoga with you guys. <laughs> oh, and, talk um, about it for hours. I want to give everybody all your information because they can, they can um, get in touch with you, take your classes, learn more about you. Um, but any final thoughts? Any, any words of wisdom to encourage someone who may have never taken a class to get out there and um, take care of themselves in that way? try it i think my favorite um thought is to be tender with yourself your body your mind and your heart that we're just looking to be present and at peace so just to be tender not every day you're going to nail it not every day you're going to be mindful you know we're certainly not and and we preach it you know from the from the rooftops that um it's about every day just being here doing the best that you can being compassionate and tender with yourself as you as you journey little baby steps every little day it adds up to the grand accumulation of your of your inner peace so be tender yeah and the reason i named my my yoga my yoga brand my yoga business heart open yoga is um that it as we've all been discussing here today that yes, we move through the poses, we move through warrior one and warrior two and triangle. And, and it's a way to quiet the mind and connect back with what's in our heart. And that's love and compassion and forgiveness and kindness. And the things like Lisa was saying that we take off the mat. So people get so caught up in, Oh, I can't do that with my body, Mm -hmm. but what we're just doing that with the body to quiet the mind so that the real gifts come. And the real gifts are already there. So it's really like sometimes the word transformation, I think, can be almost like a a misuse because we're we're transforming ourselves by just 
finding ourselves and finding what has been in there since the day we were born. Mm. I love that you just said that. Yeah, there's so much pressure to transform. And, and it's really just about moving away the, you know, some, I had a yoga teacher tell me it was cleaning the windows, like just like windexing Moses. Remember Moses? Yeah, he, yeah. He, yeah he said, it's like, clean, it's like taking out the windex and cleaning off the windows. It's, you can see clearly. You can see you know, what's important. Yeah, and a friend of mine are developing a, um, a program called Girls on the Mat for teenage girls, and we want to bring it all over the county. And one of the activities we're going to do is have them create a snow globe. And if you think about what is the purpose of yoga, if you shake up that snow globe, that's how many of us walk around in life. Mm-hmm. And we can't see, like cleaning the windows. Mm-hmm. And if we just stop, take a breath, take tree pose, Don't take any pose. Just close your eyes and breathe for two minutes when you've gotten to work a little early. Mm -hmm. The snow globe settles and everything becomes Mm -hmm. clear and everything becomes calm and you won't react and you can just connect. And that's all it is. The yoga poses are just the the means to the end. Means to to the, the sweet spot. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, this could go on and on and on, but let's um, wrap it up with a little information. We'll start with you, Heather, since the mic's right in front of you. So uh, where are you all about? Where are you? Okay. So um, heartopeningyoga.com is my website. And I teach um, at Yoga Love in uh, Highland at the corner of 108 and 216. Teach a variety of classes there, yin-yang, power, um, vinyasa. I do a lot of workshops there. I'm very, very, very grateful and excited to begin another new journey next week, um, teaching at the brand new Amazing Shift Yoga under the loving guidance of Jesse Cates. I'm going to be teaching a slow flow and my first ever weekly yin class. I have been craving this for two years. I do a lot of workshops, but a weekly yin class, Wednesdays, hump day, right um, in the middle of the week, 6 o'clock. I teach at Haven on the Lake. Um, and I also teach yin and um, workshops, heart-opening workshops at the Pearl in Maple Lawn. If you can't remember, you can go to your website. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay, Jesse, tell us yeah. all about So Shift Yoga is um, over in Fulton, Maryland in Maple Lawn, um, and the website is shiftyogastudio.com. And, you know, the main takeaway is that it's a sanctuary for self-care. It's a place to come and learn the tools to walk a more mindful path and make the big shift out of our heads and into our hearts. And we're a new type of studio that doesn't care if you can touch your toes or how much you paid for your yoga pants. We want you there, and we hope to see you. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, so check it out, shiftyogastudio.com. Yeah, sometimes we pay way too much for those yoga pants, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, Lise. And um, I teach a few classes a week. My um, website is yogaustudio.com, and uh, I teach um, seniors, gentle, chair, and um, and a multi-level class at my home studio. So if you're interested, check it out. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, ladies, for uh, gracing the airwaves of Happy Healthy mm-hmm. You. And I don't know if I uh, mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast. I usually do. But Happy Healthy You is all about living a full life in mind, body, and spirit. And you guys have definitely brought that, the whole, the whole kit and caboodle. So thank you. Thank you for all the good work you do everywhere and um, all your classes and studios and 
workshops and snow globe making <laughs> and stuff. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank so. you. Namaste. <laughs> Namaste. Should we om at the end? Oh, yeah, sure. oh, seriously, you lead us in an om. You're a good omer. Oh, okay. Bring your hands to your heart. <laughs> okay. Close your eyes. Take a nice deep breath in. Oh.